Welcome to Conversations with Commerce Trust, where Commerce Trust Company shares commentary on economic matters important to you. We plan on making podcasts like this one available on a more frequent basis during the coronavirus outbreak. Today, we have Chief Economist and Director of Fixed Income Management, Scott Colbert, and Director of our tax-exempt bond fund strategy, Brian Michalik. Scott is going to lead us off with a quick update, and Brian will focus on activity in the municipal bond market. Scott, certainly a huge market surge in a favorable direction yesterday. The U.S. stimulus package is approved. What can we expect next? Well, it uh, feels a lot easier to do this today than it would have um, several days ago. Uh, but, you know, clearly from an economic point of view, the, the shock is big. It's strong and likely to be um, lasting for quite a while. It's rather apparent to almost everybody now that we are currently in a recession with as bad as the March statistics are likely to be. They'll backdate the recession to the beginning of the year. We know that we're going to have uh, an unbelievably weak second quarter with hopefully the stimulus package offsetting um, some of that, but that takes a while for the stimulus package uh, to work. The third quarter should start to see somewhat of stabilization, and we're optimistic that because we know what the problem is, the coronavirus, uh, to the extent that we can begin to get our arms around that and push that back, uh, we're likely to see some signs of life as we uh, approach the end of the year. This will be the deepest recession we've ever had, but hopefully it won't be any longer than the average recession. The average recession lasts 11 months if they backdate this to March 1. Most of you are worried about when the stock market is going to bottom. Uh, nobody really knows. We will say that we've had a, a major bounce off of a waterfall decline uh, both Monday uh, with the uh, strong rebound, almost 11% in the market, um, the largest, they say, since 1933. Um, and, of course, we're having a follow-on effect today with the, uh, the Dow up about 150 points. The market is still down, as I sit here uh, talking to you, 25% peak to trough the uh, S&P 500, and the S&P typically falls 34% on average when we have a recession. And given that it's clear we have a recession, the market pretty much moves like it does on an average basis. We still think that the market likely goes back and retests these lows. That's why we haven't recommended rebalancing yet, i.e. selling your winners on a relative basis, the bonds that have held up better, and buying the stocks. But of course, um, you know, uh, it generally takes a lot of time for the stock market to bottom. And we could be wrong about that too, but we're still uh, cautious on that and think we need to uh, let a little time play out. I don't think too many people would be upset getting in with the stock market down 25% rather than missing the opportunity for it to go down 40 or 50. A lot of people are asking what's going on in the fixed income market, and that's what Brian will address here, particularly in the muni market. But oddly enough, um, I think everybody knows that treasury interest rates have come down. The Fed has done a nice job. They lowered short-term interest rates from 1.5% to essentially zero. Treasury rates have fallen with um, the uh, Fed embarking upon unlimited quantitative easing, meaning they're willing to print an unlimited amount of money to buy longer-term securities. That's helped calm the Treasury market down, and the 10-year Treasury note has fallen from about 1.9% to something just a little more than 0.8%, or almost you know, more than a percent so far this year. Uh, and, of course, uh, mortgage rates are starting to slowly come down as well now. Uh, there was a lot of dislocation in the government mortgage market, but the um, uh, Fed, Fed programs are, are having some effect there. What hasn't improved at all and has actually gotten worse, of course, is um, the credit markets. Corporate bond spreads have widened, meaning that even though Treasury rates have gone down, the average cost to borrow for a corporation in this company, as you might expect with, with all the uh, potential uh, problems that they're likely to have, um, have widened. 
for example, the average corporate bond had a yield, investment grade corporate bond had a yield of about 2.9% to start the year. And as we sit here this morning, it was about 4.5 to 4.6%. So it's actually higher. And so what you've seen is you've seen your fixed income uh, portfolios, your investment grade bond portfolios actually decline in price. Now they haven't declined in price anywhere near what the um, uh, stock market has, but nonetheless, they've actually gone down a bit in price, uh, despite the fact uh, that interest rates, uh, treasury rates have gone down, the credit spreads have more than compensated for that. So we want to get ahead of that a little bit and talk to you about what you're likely to see as your third quarter statements come out. And uh, some of you may be surprised to actually find that bond prices can actually fall a bit uh, in, a, uh, in a market where treasury rates are actually rallying. But uh, Brian would like to uh, address that now and, and I'll help out to the extent I can. Yeah. Thanks, Scott. Uh, Brian, can you focus on the uh, municipal mar markets, please? Absolutely. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Scott. Uh, as Scott mentioned, you know, we have seen some dislocations uh, in bond markets, uh, not treasury markets, right? So the treasury market, uh, as Scott mentioned, had moved down in yields and had been down in yields in much large part from what the Fed is doing. Uh, but the credit market, the corporate bond market, and the municipal bond market both had been moving in the other directions really within the last couple of weeks. And this is a very similar trade that we saw put on back during the financial crisis in times when investors uh, get nervous, uh, they want to build cash, they want to build a liquidity buffer. And we've seen this early in corporate bonds, and now we're seeing it in the municipal bond market. So where there's the institutional investors uh, are looking and desperate for liquidity, they're raising cash, and as a result, they're selling their municipal bonds, uh, you know, in large part because they tend to be uh, the more liquid part, the safer part of their portfolio. So as you're looking to raise cash, you're trying to do it in the least painful way as possible. What's a little more unique to the municipal market is the amount of fund flows and, and the impacts there. So when you think about uh, all the muni bonds that, uh, bond funds that are out there, we had a record amount of demand over the last year, year and a half. We had record amounts of flows going into those bond funds. Well, as a result of that, those funds, of course, had to buy uh, muni bonds uh, in order to put that cash to work. And up until we got to March, at the beginning of March of this year, that had driven muni bond yields down to the all-time lows that we've ever seen, uh, that because the demand for munis were so high. Once, that, once the concern started taking over the market, we've seen a complete reversal of those fund flows. And what, what happened in the course of the time over a period of a year and a half, we're starting to get back in terms of outflows just when the course of the, of the last two weeks. So we've seen over $12 billion flow out of these municipal bond funds. And of course, what that creates is the, the managers then have to sell underlying bonds to meet those redemptions. And in large part, they're selling into what is a weak bond market right now. And so for the last two weeks, we've seen interest rates or bond yields go from about a half a percent uh, for, for a five-year bond, now down to about two or up to about two and a half percent. And so that's obviously a very big move in the market. And as Scott said, that's going to have an impact on the mark-to-market values. But to put it in context, in terms of your own individual portfolio, uh, you know, here at Commerce, if you build an individual bond portfolio, or even if you have have a bond fund, you know, we're not selling into this pressure. Uh, we're seeing yields now that are really just back to 2018 levels. Uh, which will coincide with the market values. And as you know, with individual bonds, you see those prices go up, you see them go down in value, uh, but at the end of the day, you get your face value back. And so that's what's important in terms of the portfolio. Now, just to talk a little bit about credit, obviously, as Scott mentioned, uh, we're going to have uh, you know pretty severe uh, economic slowdown here. We're, we're, we're thinking the duration may be shorter than past recessions. Uh, and as a result of that, you're going to see tax revenues at the state and local government level go down. 
But when you think about how we entered this, I think it's very important to put it into context. We came into this in a position of strength. Not only was the, obviously the economy was very strong heading into this, but also too, when you look at state and local governments, they had built up rainy day reserve funds, uh, big balance sheet strength, uh, tax revenues were very strong. And so, you know, on average, uh, you know, if you look at states across the board, they're maintaining about 20 to 30 days cash on hand, meaning that if all revenues stopped, and they continued to have their expenses, they'd have about a month's worth of cash flow to, to, to override that. And so that's very important to understand that position of strength because that'll help cushion the ultimate blow to this. The other thing is obviously we talked a little bit about the fiscal stimulus. Uh, it's passed through the Senate. Obviously, it's got to get through the House and get signed. We, we're confident that that's going to move its way through. Uh, but if you look at part of that stimulus, we haven't got all the details to it, but obviously that's going to come down to the state and local level. So we do think there'll be some fiscal support, again, to help cushion some of this blow that we're experiencing uh, from the economic activity. And lastly, just a you know, part of our process here at Commerce, uh, we tend to err on the side of caution and have higher quality tilt to, to what we're doing. And so from that standpoint, again, we're just trying to find as much cushion as possible to start and, and have this throughout, and that'll get us through as we, as we go through these tough economic times ahead. Thank you very much, Brian. Scott, did you uh, have any concluding thoughts to wrap it up? Well, I might mention that, you know, the only way for fixed income investors ever to make more money in the future is to have a higher interest rate environment. Um, we've watched rates come down and down and down. Uh, this is an opportunity to the extent that you want to lock in um, higher yields and higher rates. Uh, you know, the uh, fixed income markets are gradually healing. The uh, government programs that the Fed has put in place uh, have gone a long way to stop the bleeding, so to speak, and to stop the rise in rates in the credit markets, and then the additional uh, monies that the Federal Reserve um, is going to be getting post of the stimulus package to essentially lever into the credit markets and buy and help buy and help support the markets is likely to drive interest rates down again in the future. That's the ultimate goal uh, because to the extent that we lower rates across the board for everybody, that helps the economy uh, move forward uh, unless you're a unless you're a saver. And uh, so we would recommend, you know, that you um, consider to the extent that you're holding any cash and, and would like to, uh, you know, uh, lock in some longer rates, you need to be thinking about bonds. Um, on the other hand, ultimately, uh, when we want to rebalance to the extent you have a balanced portfolio, we'll probably likely have to reduce some of those bond positions and buy some of those uh, stock positions that have been beaten up uh, even more uh, than the fixed income. The great news is, though, this um, stock market having based Puts a, puts a level on credit spreads. Those credit spreads are improving. And even as, as Brian and I are sitting here talking to you today, the interest rates are coming down on these municipal securities and the corporate bonds. They are compressing towards treasuries and they're actually improving in price um, just as we, uh, even as we talk here uh, with the stock market having uh, put in a base. Uh, and ultimately, it's, it's, a, it's a game of credit. Commerce is great with its credit picking strategies and we're very, very detailed in terms of trying to avoid uh, you know, any potential losses in the fixed income market. And ultimately, as these securities mature, you get your money back and you get to reinvest them. That's the nice thing about the bond market. Thanks to Scott and uh, Brian for their insights and candor. This was Conversations with Commerce Trust Company. If at the end of this podcast, you still have questions unanswered, we encourage you to contact your portfolio manager for further discussion. Your dedicated financial professionals here at Commerce Trust are working hard to ensure your interactions with us run smoothly every day, even in the face of this national health crisis. Commerce Trust Company is a division of Commerce Bank, 
Important material disclosures regarding the content of this call follow. The risk of loss in securities and other investments can be substantial. You should always carefully consider whether investments either entered into directly by you or on a discretionary managed basis through Commerce Trust Company or any financial institution are appropriate for you in light of your investment objectives, financial circumstances, tax status, your tolerance to risk, and your investment experience. In considering whether to trade or invest, you should inform yourself and be aware of the risks. Generally, non-depository investments offered in connection with Commerce Bank and its affiliates are not guaranteed, are not FDIC insured, and as noted earlier, may lose value. Past performance is no guarantee of future results, and the opinions and other information in the commentary provided as of this date are subject to change. Information provided is effective as of today, March the 25th, 2020, and is presented for the purpose of general education, information, or illustration only, are not a recommendation on any future investment or market behavior, and is not to be considered the opinion of Commerce Trust Company or Commerce Bank. Providing this information, which may be of value to you or others in the general audience, shall not detract from an investor's responsibilities to take all such steps and make all such inquiries as may be necessary or desirable to ensure full understanding and familiarity with any potential future investment. Neither Commerce nor any of its officers, employees, or agents have made any recommendation or given any advice as to the terms and profitability of any investment or market activity which may be referenced here. Accordingly, you understand that you are and shall at all times be fully responsible for any investment transaction you choose to enter into, and that you shall not have relied only on any of the preceding or following information from Commerce as a basis for an investment decision. Please also note that Commerce does not offer tax, legal, or specific state planning advice, and while we may provide information or express general opinions from time to time, such information or opinions are not offered as professional tax or legal advice. If you are in any doubt about the risk involved in any trading or investment arrangements, or you are uncertain of or have not understood any aspect of this risk disclosure statement, you should seek independent professional advice. Markets, economic forecast, and specific investments can change from time to time based on a variety of individual interrelated or complex factors of varying degree. This disclosure statement cannot, of course, disclose all the risks and other significant aspects of investments, economies, or markets in which you may elect to transact from time to time. You should therefore carefully study relevant investment arrangements in advance of making decisions regarding investing.